Hi, welcome to the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. This is Rashonda Yates. I have recovered from binge eating, lost 50 pounds, kept it off for over two years, and now I am sharing what I learned to help you end your binge eating once and for all. And the fact that you're listening to this episode means one of two things. Either you've gained weight in your journey to stop binge eating, or you're fearful of future weight gain. And whichever category you fall into, today you will learn the three mistakes that cause weight gain in binge eating recovery and how to avoid them. Now, if you're like many women who embark on a journey to binge eating recovery, chances are you may or may not have tried some of the common advice, such as listen to your body or stop restricting foods and allow yourself to eat whatever you want, or you know, throw out the scale <laughs> or delete my fitness pal and don't track. And if you've tried any of these things, you may have experienced some kind of the same frustrations that I hear from women all the time. Like you might feel really out of control and fearful, or you want to just keep eating and eating and eating. And you might start feeling sluggish and bloated from the amount of food that you're eating. And you may, you know, be gaining anywhere from 10 to 30 pounds or more in as little as just a few weeks or just a few months. And let's be real, these are not minor consequences. You know, when you feel out of control and feel a lack of energy, look at where that puts you mentally and emotionally. You know, how can you be a good mom or perform your work to the best of your ability when you feel bloated and stressed out knowing that you're eating so unhealthy. And trust me, I get it because I went through the same thing when I first decided to stop dieting in 2015. Um, at first, even though I felt so much less resistance around food choices, I gained a lot of weight and I was really fearful about my health and the scale kept going up and I felt so sluggish. In fact, I remember... You know, one of the things that really um, led me to get help was uh, and specifically around like stopping binge eating once and for all. I was sitting in the park under a tree and I was looking up at the tree and I used to love climbing trees. And I remember thinking, man, it would be so nice to climb this tree, but I just don't have the energy for it. I just don't feel like I'm you know, agile enough to climb up this tree right now, even though I really want to. So I constantly doubted my recovery and questioned whether or not I should go back to dieting until I learned why I was gaining weight and how to stop. So my intention in this episode is to share what I learned with you so you don't have to go through the same stress and overwhelm and fear and doubt that I felt just so you can stop feeling the mental obsession with food. Um, and instead, you can feel mental peace and freedom and avoid weight gain and eventually start losing excess weight. And this can happen immediately, you know, depending on where you are. So let's go ahead and get started with the three common mistakes that people make that lead to weight gain and how to avoid them. So mistake number one is assuming that no longer restricting will solve the problem. Now, the thing about this, like assuming, so basically you're just going to let go of tracking, you're going to let go of all restrictions, and that alone is going to solve the problem. Um, there's a couple of 
problems that happen with this mistake. So the first one is the reason why, so the the reason for no longer restricting is because it gets rid of the cognitive dissonance that we can feel when we are in our heads and debating, you know, should I eat the cookie? Should I not eat the cookie? That causes a lot of stress and overwhelm within our psyche, you know, in our bodies. And it just feels so bad, you know, when you're constantly just in your head saying, should I eat that? Should I not eat that? Feeling like you're fighting with yourself. So when people say, you know, just stop restricting, I get why they say this because it takes away that cognitive dissonance. All right. So you immediately feel better. But here's the problem with this approach. When you do this and you don't have anything else um, underneath you to support you when you let go of that restriction, it ignores the environment. It in, it ignores one of the largest influences on what we do, all right, which is the environment. So when you don't factor in the environment, not just your home, but society you live in, you know, um, your community, you're setting yourself up to be influenced in ways that you don't want. So this includes like, you know, your home, your school, your office, billboards, commercials on TV. The other day I was listening to a Spotify station. I don't have the premium version. I have the the free version. So, you know, ads come on and I've gotten to where I mute the ads, but you know, they they come on and I remember there was this ad on for Taco Bell and, you know, honestly, it was a great ad. I actually applaud the writing of this ad, (laughs) but, you know, it it had me thinking, hmm, Taco Bell sounds good right now, you know? Um, So this is an example of like, there's this um, environmental factor. Now I have the tools to you know, be aware of that and to be able to move through it gracefully without binging and without like, without it building up and causing stress and overwhelm. Um, But if you don't factor these things in and you just let go of restriction, that's, that's going to cause issues. If you say, okay, I'm going to give myself free reign to eat whatever I want, but then you do nothing to arm yourself to be able to neutralize the environmental triggers of which there are infinite amounts. I gave you one example, but they're really just infinite amounts and they're growing with the increasing complexity of the society that we live in. Then you're absolutely setting yourself up to fall prey to these triggers Because the fact is, even if you can control the environment at home, which many can't because you're married or you have kids, then you still wouldn't be able to predict when your coworker is going to bring in the box of donuts or the app you're using, you know, is going to show you an ad for Popeye's chicken or whatever it is. So this is why I teach the pillar of developing food consciousness inside of my Bench Free Boss program, so that when you develop this, this consciousness, um, about the environment and food and its effects on you, then you can literally make triggers irrelevant. And you can be in any environment without being um, led to binge. 
I have limited time with you today, so I'll share one of the most powerful things you can do to help combat the effect of external environment, which is to develop critical awareness. Now, in her book, Brene Brown talks about this, and she gives a few questions that you can ask to develop uh, critical awareness. So this, uh, the book that I'm talking about, I believe it's The Gifts of Imperfection. Um, she talks about two questions that you can ask. Um, and the first one is, is what I'm seeing real? Do these images convey real life or fantasy? So this would be applicable to, you know, billboards, to images on TV, commercials and all that kind of stuff. But you can also apply this to an audio ad or whatever. You know, you just ask, is this real? Does this convey real life or fantasy? So, for example, do those photos of food convey real life? Is that burger really as perfect as it looks or is it literally a piece of cardboard that's painted like a burger? You know, Um, what about when you walk by a Cinnabon, for those of you who have a Cinnabon or a Krispy Kreme or whatever, and you smell that that uh, delicious scent of baked goods? You know, is that real? There's such a thing as scent marketing, um, which you may or may not be aware of, where when you're walking by, there is an actual artificial smell that's wafted through so that it lures people in and it triggers specific parts of your brain, you know, so they have this down to a science. Um, The next question is, so the first question is, is it real? Is what I'm seeing real? You can also carry that out to is what I'm smelling real is what I'm hearing real. Is this real life or fantasy that's being conveyed to me? The second question is, do these images reflect health, wholehearted living, or do they turn my life, my body, my family, and my relationships into objects and commodities? So with this question, um, she mentions wholehearted living. This is... One of my values is to live a wholehearted life. And you can get Brene Brown's book if you want to learn more about this. It's just such a powerful way of being in the world to live courageously, to be connected, to be brave. Um, You know, that's what those are aspects of living wholeheartedly. When you see these images of people on TV, you know, what is it? Is it really conveying this wholehearted way of living or is it just simply trying to get you to purchase something to, you know, fulfill your sense of worthiness? So be aware of when media images are evoking a feeling of happiness next to happy looking people who all happen to be eating bluebell ice cream, for example. Make no mistake, marketing works and research shows that the less a person thinks advertising affects them the more susceptible they actually are to it. And so this is one of the most powerful things um, that helped me to really get a sense of values along with my desire to be healthy and to be binge free and to lose weight, you know? Um, The last question, number three, is who benefits by my seeing these images and feeling bad about myself. And here's a hint. 
this is always about money and control. So this is my favorite one of these questions. And every time I bring this up, it it usually always is the, the one that sticks out to people. Um, so I thank Brene Brown for talking about this. And, you know, who benefits by my seeing these images and feeling bad about myself? Does it hit you like in your gut or in your heart when you hear this question? Um, I remember one time several years back when I had it was, you know, it was after I had chosen to stop dieting. And it was before everything really just solidified in my body and I knew that I was doing the right thing. You know, it was still, it was in a time when I still would get into doubt, you know, and I was watching, I won't name the show, but I was watching a particular show that was about these, these girls who were, they were college age, but it was the premise of the show was that they were in high school. Y'all know how that is. (laughs) So they were, they always had perfect hair and they had, you know, like quote unquote societal norm, perfect figures and all of this stuff. And then it cuts to a commercial. And I remember thinking, man, I remember I started thinking about, I needed to, you know, go maybe start going on a diet again. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks that I was, I was being triggered by the marketing. You know, I had no, I was having no thoughts of being less than, of being not good enough. I was fine. Like I was perfectly okay with myself and my life and, you know, making progress in my life and everything. And all of a sudden I felt like I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't measuring up and I needed to start dieting again. Now, if I had chosen to start dieting again, then I would have put myself right back in the same cycle that I had broken because I would have started doing it out of a sense of unworthiness. So in that moment, it really, really hit me how this stuff works. And thankfully, I was able to catch myself in that moment. Now, did I always catch myself perfectly from then on? No, it wasn't until I really um, developed that sense of, you know, food consciousness that I was able to be free of it once and for all. Because again, you know, basically triggers were irrelevant at that point. So it didn't matter whether it was media advertising or, you know, smelling food or being offered food or seeing food in my house or whatever, it didn't matter because it was now neutralized from the inside out. But this is my favorite question. And I think like if you adopt this question in your life today and you start noticing this, it's it's going to be huge for you. It's going to give you uh, so much power. Now, one caution I want to make This is not about taking on the identity of a victim. It is not about taking on the identity of a victim. Okay. Yes. These tactics in advertising, they're designed to get you to do something so that someone can make a profit. But what do you gain by blaming, which is something I see a lot, you know, blaming the food industry for, for your binge eating. You know, that's a mistake that I see a lot of people make. 
And what happens is instead of being empowered by this knowledge and using it as like a value to fuel yourself, instead they use it to create a story that further disempowers them and takes away their power to be binge free. So that is a huge caution um, for you. Um, all right. So that all that covered just one mistake that I see people making. All right. Um, so that mis- the mistake number one was assuming that no longer restricting will solve the problem, which ignores the environment. And I gave you one way that you can start to combat this, which is to develop critical awareness. And I just shared three questions um, that you can use to do that. So now let's talk about mistake number two, which is trying to do it alone or looking for support in the wrong places. So this one is huge. It's huge, huge, huge. Um, Because here's the thing. There's two parts to this. There's trying and they're opposites. Either you're trying to do it alone or you are looking for support, but you're looking in the wrong places. So let's talk about um, trying to do it alone first. And I've been here. Okay. (laughs) And so ironic because many of us, we feel isolated and disconnected, which is why a lot of times we're reaching for the food in the first place. and. Often that's due to shame, right? Well, ironically, the antidote to that is to connect with someone else, um, to share the story. And I'll reference Brene Brown again because she she did some of the most definitive work on this, which she points out that shame cannot survive the light. I tried to figure out on my own for too many years. And I'm, I made a lot of mistakes that I didn't really need to, including I got to my highest weight until I finally reached out for support from someone who'd been where I've been and shared that story and, you know, got that empathy from someone who, when I told her, you know, I ate out of the trash. She she didn't bat an eye because she had been there too. She knew what I was going through. She knew what I was feeling. The other side of that is looking for support in the wrong places. So one of the things I see people doing, one of the biggest mistakes I see people making is trying to use weight loss tools to solve binge eating problems. And you know, I, so I see people um, in weight loss support groups asking about binge eating and thinking that you're going to find the support that you need there, which is, it's going to, it leads you down the wrong path. Trying to use weight loss tools to stop binge eating is like trying to put up drywall with a chainsaw. It likely will make the problem worse and it's going to keep setting you back and your results. So what's the bottom line here? It's to find someone who knows exactly what you're dealing with, who can meet you with empathy and guide you down the right path. 
those two things need to be in place to know that you're that you have the right person on your side. You have the right kind of support. So if you, you know, if you approach it with those things in mind and a little patience, chances are you will find the right person to help you. You know, or you could keep trying to do it on your own for another three, five, 10 years. I've talked to people who have been binging practically their entire lives, 30 and 40 years. So, you know, the question is, what do you gain by waiting? And what's more important to you? Being comfortable and not being judged potentially? Or finding out that maybe, you know, you could do something differently or better? Or being binge free? So it's up to you to choose. All right, so let's talk about mistake number three, which is focusing too much on food and too little on your emotions. If you're like most who struggle with eating, chances are you've been thinking the problem is out there. Have you considered that the solution might be found inside? Our internal emotions are what drive us to do anything and everything. 95% of our behaviors are unconscious and based on emotions. Yet we spend so much time focusing on that little 5% when we're trying to make changes. And I, I did the same thing. And what happens is we can't sustain the day in and day out habits that are necessary to get any results that we want in life. So when we spend all of our time focused on what's out there, you know, whether it be, oh, that food just tastes so good or, you know, people, uh, someone said something cross to me or my weight loss goals and I want to get that number on the scale, then we're completely missing out on the greatest power that we have to change, the greatest power available to us, which is the power of our subconscious, that 95% of our behaviors. This is why we spend an entire week on subconscious reprogramming in the Binge Free Boss Method. So let me share with you one of the things that I teach my clients inside the program, which is going to help you start to shift your focus from, from food to your internal state so that you can feel immune to triggers when they come up. So this is what I talk about as developing uh, trigger immunity. So the first thing is to recognize when something triggers you, which most of you people that are in my audience tend to have a lot of awareness and a lot of understanding about their triggers. So for the majority of you, you're going to immediately know what your triggers are as I'm saying this now, you can probably list them off. Okay. So the first thing is you're just going to recognize when that trigger happens. The next thing is to acknowledge that you're triggered. So very simple. You're just going to notice when something triggers you, you're going to acknowledge it, which means you're not going to try to fight it or resist it. And then lastly, ask yourself this question. What can I do to support myself feeling good right now? 
Now, the reason why I have this question here is this. Typically, when we are triggered by something and have a desire to, you know, act out on a behavior that maybe isn't supportive, a lot of times there really, there truly is a need that's there that can be addressed. So I have this question here so that you can start getting into the habit of looking inside and finding what that need is within yourself. What can I do to support myself feeling good right now? When you do this, you'll start to be more aware of your feelings and needs and feel more connected to your body. This will begin to help you create what I call trigger immunity so you can handle triggers to binge without acting on them. So let's recap. The three common mistakes that people make that lead to weight gain during your binge eating recovery journey are number one, assuming that no longer restricting will solve the problem. Number two, trying to do it alone or looking for support in the wrong places. And number three, focusing too much on food and too little on your emotions. And then we talked about some of the ways that you can address each one of those mistakes. And, you know, hopefully this was helpful to you. And if it was, I have an even deeper training on just how to get through cravings. When you feel triggered, you know, and you a craving comes up, how do you get through that without giving into it? When you sign up for this training, you're going to receive a three-part mini-series straight to your inbox, and you'll also begin receiving weekly emails from me that share more tips and support for you. You can grab that at sendfox.com slash Rashonda Yates. And I will catch you next time on the Ending Your Binge Eating podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people. And if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashonda Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on, an, on another episode. Bye.